Sup, Buzznet. In reference to the podcast, back at it. Today is True Crime Tuesday. It is. It is. Um, I'm Amanda. I'm Heather. And today I'm covering the murder of Adrian Jones. And I will be listening to it. Take it away. Yep. And this is the episode where we're going to find out Heather's a psycho. Take it away. Alright, so my sources... Um, I found this on Morbidology, and so I used them for a lot of it. But then I also watched the YouTube video, The Tragic Life of Adrian Jones by Grey Days TV. And he seems to cover a lot of true crime stuff, so I highly recommend that. Alright, and then I used the Washington Post, trackbill.com, and courthousenews.com. So, wow, no Wikipedia is my first bullet point. Which, obviously, I had to add in afterwards, because... You didn't know if you were going to use it or not. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, let's get into the terrible stuff. Jump right in. (laughs) No no dip in the tip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was one of my favorite things I've ever accidentally said. Alright, so Adrian Alexander Jones was born May 15th, 2008. His parents were Michael Jones and Dana Pierce. They were married at the time of his birth, but later divorced. He was placed in the custody of his father at the age of two when he was found left alone and taken from his mother. So he was found left alone and then taken from his mother. That was a weird way to word that. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) So let's not forget that he is a May baby. I only say that because his father remarried someone named Heather. (laughs) And spoiler alert, she turns out to be a bad person in this story. So his father was remarried to Heather Jones, who also lived in the father's house, obviously. And in total, there were nine people in this house. That is eight people too many. (laughs) Yeah. Adrian was one of seven children, which is... Seven children too many. Exactly. Um, And um, Heather and Michael homeschooled their children. No, thank you. Yeah, sorry. That just sounds horrible. I mean, I give props to... Yeah, I give props to people who homeschool their kids, because I know it takes a lot of work, but, like, don't you want a break from your kids? (laughs) Tegan just brought homework home the other day and Sam posted on Facebook. She's like, second grade math makes me want to punch myself in the face. Yeah. Um, that was mentioned today at my presentation, how like college or like high school work is becoming college work and middle school work is becoming high school work and like Pretty soon you're gonna need calculus like right outside the womb. Yeah. Uh back to the terribleness of this story. Kansas Child Protective Services began to receive phone calls about the home, one complaint being that Heather was always high, and another being that Michael had guns all over the home. While Kansas CPS, or Child Protective Services, was looking into the family, they moved to Missouri. But calls came into Missouri Children's Division, which is their version of CPS, about Michael abusing the children. Also, I know I'm not from Missouri... So I say Missouri, unlike people from Missouri who say Missouri. 
At age five, Adrian opened up to a children's division worker and said that his father was abusing him and would kick him so hard that a little bone came out. Oh. Yeah. Um, don't worry. <laughs> it gets worse. He was also quoted to say, my daddy keeps hitting me in the head and punches me in the stomach and my mom keeps pulling on my ears and it really hurts. Mommy and daddy lock me in the room, in my room by myself. Mommy and daddy can't feed me. So was this just one, like he was the only one or it was all of them? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was just him. The children's division found by a preponderance of evidence that Adrian has, had been neglected in July of 2013. However, he wasn't removed from his home due to the fact that they allegedly found no signs of physical abuse. What about the bone that came out? <laughs> well, I don't know. There was no signs of physical abuse, apparently. However, so, I mean, I think I talk about it later on, but, like, I don't know, man. Five-year-olds can make up some shit, but I don't think they're going to say my daddy keeps hitting me in the head and punches me in the stomach and mom keeps pulling on my ears. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe the pulling on the ears is, like, a joke, but, like... Where would he come up with the fact that his dad's hitting him in the head and punching him in the stomach? I don't know. Just... Yeah. Anyway. Adrian was not removed... Was not removed from the home, but in 2014, he was placed in a residential treatment center in Grandview, Missouri for PTSD for a few months. So, no signs of physical abuse, but he has post-traumatic stress disorder. At the age of... Six. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't just happen. Yeah. He was released, and with his release, his parents were to follow an aftercare treatment plan and enroll him in school outside of the home and in therapy. The family was receiving help from the children's division, but after a few appointments, the family stopped showing up and said they no longer needed their services and had moved to Kansas. When the Jones family moved, Missouri Child Welfare sent Kansas Child Welfare a report about the family and their concerns. It's unknown if Kansas followed up on the report. However, it was later revealed that Kansas Child Welfare received 10 phone calls in regards to the evident abuse taking place in the Jones household in the run-up to Adrian's murder. One caller reported that the mom beats the living daylights out of the kids for no reason. Another caller said Heather had been beating Adrian and had even choked him, while another said that Adrian was eating out of the trash. Each time they investigated the reports, however, they found that nothing was awry, even despite the fact that Adrian had told them that he had been abused. That's horrible. It gets worse. <laughs> Being the fact there's murder, I'm going to assume it gets worse. Because <laughs> um, we're now going to talk about some of the gruesome abuse. And I have in parentheses here. I'm sorry this is one of those cases where afterwards you're going to go, the fuck were you thinking, Amanda? Why would you ever cover this? And I used to say that true crime cases don't bother me when I would listen to them, but researching them is a whole different game. And this one... Well, yeah, because you have to look at everything. Yeah. So, some of the abuse Adrian endured. He was beaten with fists or objects such as broomsticks. He was locked behind a plywood door in a shower. 
Some days he would be forced to stand for hours in stagnant water in a swimming pool up to his neck. Also, there's pictures of this and the swimming pool did not look clean. He was constantly shackled, handcuffed, and bound and was systematically starved. He was frequently strapped to an inversion table, forced to stand outside in the freezing cold, and sometimes even be forced to sleep outside. Some days, Adrian would be stunned with a stun gun for up to 20 seconds. They don't even do that to police officers in, in training. Yeah. And he's six years old. <sighs> he was seven when he died on September 28th, 2015, about a year after he was released from the group home for PTSD. Or the residential treatment center. Sorry, not a group home. Um, he remained locked to the shower stall behind the wooden door for two weeks as his father decided what to do with his body. Two weeks after Adrian died, his father fed his body to pigs. Am I assuming this is the part where we find out that I'm a psychopath? <laughs> yes. But I think you're going to be pretty disappointed here. In late 2015, police were called to the Jones residence because of a domestic dispute, and Heather told police that if they searched the property, they would find the remains of a child. Police searched the livestock pen and found the remains of seven-year-old Adrian Jones. So, I don't know if they didn't have enough pigs, or if the belief that pigs will eat a body in eight minutes and not leave anything is not true. Maybe they don't like children. Maybe. <laughs> it wasn't hard to find evidence to convict the parents because Heather documented the abuse with pictures, and apparently there were security cameras throughout the house. Why would you document it? I don't know. It, that is one thing I don't understand. There are a lot of things I don't understand. Look, that's just asking to get caught. Yeah. Heather even often posted her frustrations in dealing with Adrian on her Facebook account and even alluded to killing him. In one posting, Jones made a reference to an episode of The Walking Dead wherein a character shoots a child in the back of the head while telling her to look at the flowers. She posted, quote, Walking Dead, look at the pretty flowers. Yeah, I'm about to pull that shit, she wrote on Christmas Day of 2014. She later posted, I can't shoot him, unfortunately, but I can work the shit out of him till I feel better. Several days later, she joked that she might have, she might have to feed some pigs a body. And it took two weeks for them to check that? Um, I don't know when that was posted. But, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Both Heather and Michael pled guilty to the murder and were sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 25 years. <sighs> Which, if they get out in 25 years, I am going to scream. Although they both pled guilty, they refused to actually admit guilt, and Michael said his attorney forced him to plead guilty. So, there's that. I don't know. So they don't think they did anything wrong? Nope. Although, like, there, I guess there were pictures, so, like, I don't know how they're disputing that. And there's literally a picture of him standing in the swimming pool up to his neck. And it is so disturbed. Like, it's just, it's so sad. I mean, the whole thing's sad. And there were, like, security cameras everywhere, and there is video footage of him, like, going through the trash to find food to eat and, like, being outside on cold days where you can see his breath. Like, 
It's so fucked. <clears throat> there was some good that came out of this. In 2018, Missouri created a bill to help the state track families that move across state lines to avoid child welfare. Uh, to avoid child welfare officials. So, like, it's assumed that they moved between Kansas and Missouri because of being reported to CPS. Um, Senator Kiki Curls sponsored an amendment which gave the Missouri Children's Division more flexibility to share abuse records across state lines as part of a larger bill that would make it more difficult for parents to conceal abused children. Um, the Missouri Senate passed the bill unanimously, sending it to the House for consideration. And it looks like, if I found the correct bill, keep in mind I did do this on my lunch break, so I'm not, I wasn't <coughs> able to go too much in depth. Um, but it looks like this was passed and put into place on August 28th, 2018, as a part of Senate Bill 819. Adrian's biological mother, maternal grandmother, and oldest sister filed wrongful death lawsuits in both Kansas and Missouri. In this, in this wrongful death lawsuit, it contends that child service agencies failed to keep Adrian out of harm's way. And it says, quote, Despite all the warning signs, the hotline calls, and the evidence of the child's mistreatment, they effectively allowed his father and stepmother to continue to abuse, torture, and ultimately murder the little boy while they stood idly by, writing it all down. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what the family's lawyer claimed. Oh, in the lawsuit. Never mind. So I was right. <laughs> um, the wrongful death suit has not been settled as of February 2019 because of jurisdiction issues, so it is to be ruled on by the Missouri Supreme Court, and who knows when that will happen. Um, I do personally think that the family deserves some kind of compensation, and obviously no amount of money will bring this boy back, but I do really feel like the state failed them. Um, I don't know if it's Kansas's fault. I don't know if it's Missouri's fault. But, like, considering either state could have removed him. Yeah. And should have. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I also would like to say, I'm saying all this without being a lawyer, without knowing what the laws were at the time about removing a child. But, like, this poor child, I just... I don't know. And so he was failed by the system, and it's... Oh, that's that on that. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't have anything fun to tell you. Um, I'm trying to think of a fun fact. Mm. Oh, this is where we're supposed to read a quote from Zach Baggins. Yeah. All right. Pick a number. Um, 71. Start running your finger up and down the line. Page and I'll say stop. All right, stop. <laughs> he wanted them to absorb them into the church. Oh, not a good place to stop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe this is not a good thing to read. Like, <laughs> do you want to try a different one? I'm just saying, in general, I mean, it's about ghost hunting. Like, is that always going to be positive? Here, hold on. I need to get my Christmas presents. I got my stupid American history. Okay, let's go to page 71. Watch, it'll be, like, about the assassination of Kennedy or something. That's a long one. <laughs> Here, we got one. We're going to page 27. Okay. 
That's what I meant. (laughs) It's almost backwards from 71. Right. In 1871 in Tucson, Arizona. No. I read that wrong. In 1871, Tucson, Arizona was the heart of the Wild West and boasted 3,000 people, two doctors, a newspaper, a brewery, and several salons, but just one bathtub. (laughs) What? (laughs) Alright, well, we're going to leave you to to stir on that thought, that fact. Um... And while you do that, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at in reference to podcast on Twitter at in reference to send us anything at in reference to podcast at gmail.com. You can also listen to our episodes on YouTube now. Uh, just search in reference to uh, you can also help support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash in reference to uh, we'd love to have you join our family. Um, and yeah. Until next time.